Who here doesn't love pizza with an ice cold beer? Or maybe a nice glass of wine. Maybe peanut butter and jelly is their thing that just goes together perfectly. Or, I know for a lot of you, it's silver and black. Those are two things that just go together naturally. Well, there's one more for you. The Athletic and Bloomberg. The economy is getting back underway, and with it, the world of pro sports. Stay ahead of the curve with the unparalleled tools of two world-class news desks, covering developments across finance, economics, technology, and sports. Those two tools are The Athletic and Bloomberg. Right now, you can subscribe to Bloomberg.com, and if you're not already a The Athletic subscriber, for a limited time, receive a complimentary subscription to The Athletic. Go to Bloomberg.com slash subscribe to sign up today. Peanut butter and jelly, beer and pizza, silver and black, Bloomberg and The Athletic. Some things just go perfectly together. I love the Raiders. Most of all, I love to win. You're now listening to State of the Nation with Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, Ted Nguyen, and Deshaun Reed on the Athletic Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to State of the Nation here on the Athletic Podcast Network. Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, Ted Wynn, Deshaun Reed, as we are getting a little bit closer finally to the start of the NFL season. And uh, one very large man uh, is getting himself closer to the start of the NFL season, Trent Brown, finally on the practice field on Wednesday. I know Vic had written that there was starting to get to be a little bit of frustration that he hadn't been out there. Mike Mayock didn't really fully address it when he finally talked to the media on Tuesday, but but said he would be back out there soon. And and there he is, um, the guy that, I mean, a lot of us have pointed to as he's one of, I mean, he's certainly in that top five range of most important Raiders. We've seen when he's on the field how good he can be, and so good to finally get him back out there. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I've been looking out since we've been back at practice for a big guy, 6'8", wearing a number 77, and I couldn't quite tell it was him when I first saw just because um, he had his jersey rolled up, like his jersey number rolled up. I guess he wanted to continue the mystery a little bit longer. He just looks a little bit different. Yeah, I saw like that black visor and, you know, that he was significantly bigger than everybody else. I was like, oh, okay, that's Trent Brown. Nice to see him finally. But yeah, it's, uh, he was pretty pretty active in his first day back, pretty much working through all individual drills. He was a full participant. Uh, there were certain team drills where he wasn't with the first team, but then he worked in toward the end. So maybe taking it a little bit slow. Uh, we still don't know exactly why he was out for so long. I know a lot of people have speculated a little bit because that's all we can do right now. I did reach out to the NFL to touch base to see if it was something on their end with the, they have a pending investigation going on with him uh, related to that domestic abuse case he was uh, accused of last year. Um, they said that investigation is still ongoing. So it wasn't anything with that reason why he was out or anything else off the field or obviously not COVID-19 related. So still a little bit of mystery as to why exactly he's been out, but you know, he's back now. So maybe all that will, will fade away. Maybe it's just a case of uh, getting loose. I mean, I'm not sure exactly. If, if, I don't think he was hurt or anything. I think you talked to you know, Mayock yesterday said that he looked good. And uh, Gruden's been saying for a while he would be back in a couple of days. So I think the frustration was, like, if he's not hurt, if he's trying to you know, get back into shape, if he's, I think he's still in good shape. But uh, whatever it was, it was, this work with the trainers, I think it was a little frustrating because it took a lot longer than they thought it was going to take. It took, what, now t- two weeks since we started camp. So it is good news he's back. I think the Jared Carr tweet, he was excited about about it, so I think it's a big deal. It's probably a top right tackle in the NFL, so I think it's a big day for uh, for the Raiders. 
I mean, can't you just go stand outside in Vegas and you get in shape, right? You just sweat sweat off those pounds, and uh, I mean, you spend a couple of days uh, running around a little bit out there, and it's uh, it's got to help loosen you up. And maybe he just needed some time to acclimate to the heat. He's like, you know, I need I need to sit in this heat for a few days, and then once I get used to it, then I'm gonna practice. But I don't remember like a player just sitting out, and we just have no reason why. You know, he's sitting out for that long. This could be a deal where the no off season hurts when a guy doesn't have that structure of, of getting that activity. And, and we're, you know, we're here talking like, like that's the reason. We don't know what the reason is, but if it was anything related to conditioning, you could see where maybe no off season is, is, a, is a factor there. Well, the reason why I didn't think it was the conditioning was, I mean, I, I talked to in my story that I did on him in July. Um, you know, he said he'd been pretty much busting his ass since like January, February, the off season. He's but, in the best shape of his life, right, everybody? Yeah, he said he was the strongest he'd ever been. You know, it sounded like he was, he said he's fully healthy. He didn't have anything lingering from last season. So that's why it was so weird for him to be gone that long. But I don't think it was a thing where he was just a tub of art or something when, when it was time to report day. Yeah, I think it was ever a serious thing because like the, you know, he was he was there. He was at the facility even from the first day in practice. So I think and we saw him Instagramming from the uh, stadium on Friday. So he's definitely been around, been working with trainers. They have walkthroughs in the afternoon, which we're not allowed to go to. So he may have been out in those. We don't know. So it's, you know, it's definitely um, a more secretive NFL than ever this year. And I think he's definitely one of the things – that falls under that. Just you don't know what he was been doing on his own. They're not, they're not going to tell us what he's been doing. So it's kind of you know trying to put a puzzle together without uh, a key a key few pieces. Well, one piece who does have uh, what we would consider a fairly serious injury, even though at, at this point he is planning to try to play through it. Uh, Tyrell Williams, wide receiver, who spent the final 11 games of last season dealing with the plantar fasciitis and in both feet it ended up being eventually and really impacted his production after he started the year so well. Well, now he's got the torn labrum in his shoulder. As said, the plan for him is to try to play through it, but uh, that, that's got to be concerning the 11 million or whatever they're paying him and and now we're going to see a second straight year of of not a 100% Tyrell Williams. I guess the one reason for hope would be that he's played with the same injury twice before. He had the senior year at uh, Western Oregon, is that right? I think that's where he played. And then he had it uh, two years later with the Chargers the last five games of the year. So it's the same labrum, same shoulder, same right shoulder. So obviously it's not not a good thing when he has shown he can play with it. Obviously it won't be the same probably impact he would have had otherwise, but I think they're going to see what he can do. And obviously, I think when he tries to come back in a couple of weeks and see how it goes, the key thing I was talking to someone on his team was that if the shoulder pops out when he's trying to go through things, that would be a clear sign. You know what? It's not going to work. So as long as the shoulder doesn't dislocate while he's back in practice, I think he'll be okay to at least try and push forward. Yeah, I was standing at practice today, kind of watching one of the team drills they were having, red zone drills in the end zone. And like, I see this tall, lanky dude walk out in street clothes and you know, he was out and around about, you know, around practice today. Obviously, he wasn't participating or anything, but he didn't have anything on his arm or, or sling or anything of that nature. So it seemed like he was in good spirits, not feeling too terrible, I assume. Obviously, I don't know what's going on inside his body, but, um, you know, it's something that, like Vic said, I think he's going to push through and, you know, hopefully it doesn't linger too long into the season for him. Feet injury is a lot more serious and hampers his performance a lot more, being a guy that really relies on his speed. But, you know, as far as replacing him, if he does have to miss any time or, you know, he, his performance is hampered. You guys have been reporting that Brian Edwards has been doing good, making plays in practice. But do you think he's separated himself enough from veterans like, you know, Nelson Aguilar or, or Zay Jones? Because possibly having two rookie receivers seems like 
a big stretch for Gruden, you know, who who we know loves veterans. Yeah, I mean, today they're running with the ones. Brian Edwards was there, so I don't know if I can technically say that or not, but oh, you know, they had him, they had him out there. So I mean, it's, I don't think there's any hesitancy to to start him. I just think I think Gruden may not want people to know that yet, or how good they think that he is. Um, but I don't think that they're gonna not put him out there just for the sake of saying, ah, oh, we don't have a, a starting rookie wide receiver duo. If you're asking why Tyrell Williams would try to play through this injury, I mean, you got to look at a guy who everybody knows that, you know, we, there was speculation of whether he would, you know, the Raiders would bring him back this year, and they did, and now his, his contract is guaranteed this year, and he's got to have his future kind of in mind, right? I mean, if the Raiders seem like they have, you know, in Ruggs and Edwards, their starting receiver duo of the future, you don't expect they would probably bring Williams back next year. So for him, I mean, there's probably some pressure to, to kind of look at this as a little bit of a contract year and, and to be able to perform. I also think he's just a tough guy. I think um, he's, obviously people look at him and may say, oh, you know, he's injury prone, yada, yada, yada. But at the same time, he's he's shown he's, he's played through it. He's fought through it last year. He tried to play with two bad feet, which I'm sure is not fun for, for a receiver. And he's played through his labor before. So just a guy with some bad luck and definitely a guy who I think has shown he's tough and wants to play through things and, and be there for his team. Well, uh, another guy who uh, you know has been catching uh, your guys' eye there in practice, Vic, you wrote the, the risers and fallers, uh, taking a look at you know which players are, are really having a good camp and kind of elevating their status. It's a weird camp where without preseason games, we can't do all those 53-man roster projections. You can't really compare what they're doing in games. I know you brought up the example in your story of Breon Borders, who was everybody's uh, you know hot pick uh, a couple years ago as a cornerback, and then he got torched in preseason games. Uh, we won't get to see our key in those preseason games but so far everything you're seeing in camp looks like a guy who might finally be ready to be the the explosive kind of situational pass rusher that the Raiders thought they drafted yeah I think it definitely looks like um he's found something in year three I think he definitely uh Paul Gunther says a chip on his shoulder and maybe he's clicked with uh, Rod Marinelli but uh I think he's got a little more weight on him so I think uh, that'll help him but I think it's a guy just kind of uh Said this is it. This is this is this is it. This is, I'm out of time. I got to make an impact this year, or else I won't be here much longer. So I think he's definitely taken to that challenge, and he's been he's been so good. He's kind of made people forget about uh, Carl Nassib, and also about the guy they brought in from the CFL, Nick Usher, who uh, was stashed the other day. So he's definitely won a spot already on this roster. Yeah, I think Arden got a, a lot of attention when uh, you know the story I had with him right before training camp started. We him talking a lot of shit, you know about. You know how he's gonna get on John Gruden's nerves, and you know he had found himself mentally, and you know it got right physically in the off season, and you know people kind of just wrote it off. So oh, this guy's gonna get cut, you know, before camp even starts, and you know not to say that it means everything, but you know he's been really impressive so far, and he's done it with a club on his hand. Um, we haven't specifically gotten what happened to his hand, but he's had an injury, and that hasn't held him back at all. You know, obviously, you know we have to see how he performs once the season gets here, but I don't think there's any question about his spot in the rotation. I always thought if I was a D lineman, I'd want a club on purpose. Like I, I'd break my fingers on purpose because that's a great weapon. You can just hit someone on the head with it. I'm like, hey man, I'm just I'm doing my move. Sorry, it's just me. You know, I'm just doing my, myself. I'm not trying to hurt, hurt the guy, but I would do. For, I'd probably break my finger on purpose just to get a club. I mean, wouldn't that help? Like trying to punch balls out, like when you're trying to the force fumbles. I mean, you're not as worried about and accidentally punching a helmet. Is that right? You already got the club on there. Yeah, I think it's a huge thing. I think it'd be a new new trend in the NFL. Guys, you know, getting clubs on their hands on purpose. They're faking injuries. You want to be able to grab guys. You know, there's times when you do have to grab underneath the pad and do that kind of thing. But maybe if you have one club and one hand to grab, you could get away with it. 
Well, yeah, you got to have one yeah. hand. You did see an improved rusher last season before he got injured. I think he was causing more pressure, but his problem always has been just finishing sacks. So hopefully he could start finishing some of those sacks in year three. All right. Well, we talked about a guy who is impressing, and we got to talk about the guy who is not impressing. And Vic categorized it as, you can't say that he's falling, but Marcus Mariota with that huge contract to be the backup quarterback is not exactly rising up to the occasion. A lot of talk about all the ailments he has and had with the Titans and uh, did not practice on Wednesday, maintenance day. What's the concern level about the Raiders' backup quarterback? There was that segment of the fan base that wanted to crown him the next starting quarterback that was, you know, taking bets on when, how many games he would start this season. And now, I mean, is, is there concern that he, you know, might not even provide the Raiders with a quality depth at quarterback? Well, I don't think I'd go that far. But I just think just, I mean, I think any talk of him being the starter this season, that was, you know, it's been unfounded by this point. I don't think it really had much credence to begin with, really. I mean, like, we look at Mariota's last few years and with the Titans. I mean, he hasn't been really that great since, like, 2016. So, you know, it's not that unthought of for him to, you know, struggle a little bit, especially with him switching teams for the first time in his career, picking up a new scheme. You know, they're saying, you know, him recovering from a few injuries in an unusual offseason where it's his first time getting on the field. Like, I don't think it's anything that's too unexpected or alarming. And considering that, you know, unless, you know, Carr gets hurt or gets sick or something of that nature, he won't be out there much anyway. Uh, I don't think it's something to go into panic mode about. Yeah, I think you look at the backups they've had the last, you know, five, ten years. It's not, not a great list, so I think he'll be fine. But I think, obviously, they gave him a pretty good chunk of change to, th- to push Derek Carr. I think uh, now you hear Mayock and Gruden talking about the injuries and we're going to reprogram him and we're going to re- you know, reboot him and get him going again and get some – but – I mean, seven point five million dollars is a lot for a reboot. I mean, I mean, if that's the case, I think you could spend a little bit less if you used to kind of get a guy in and kind of see what he can do and kind of teach him some new tricks. So, I think they are finding out that what they thought they had originally back this spring is not what they have. But again, not a concern thing because they have Derek Carr, who's always dominating at training camp. So, I think um, I think Mariota will be fine as a backup. But I think he's the highest paid backup in the league, which is not a great thing to, to be. But so I went to the concern super high. Just it's been one of those. Um, um, weird details of camp. Watched him every day, and like, huh? He doesn't look. He doesn't look good. So I just asked, and why? I mean, that's the other question. But if it is injuries, if he had all these things wrong with him last year, then I mean, you can question the signing a little bit, I guess, in, in hindsight. I wonder in a regular year where if there were preseason games and he's just tanking it, you know, and Nathan Peterman's just destroying, getting his reps and doing well during his reps. I wonder if there's a chance that. Peterman supplants him. I don't. I don't think it'll happen just in training camp. But I mean, if he's really performing that bad, and you know, we we've, we've seen Peterman make some plays before. Is there a chance that Peterman can jump him in a depth chart? Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess. And I think that this year, like you mentioned, is so weird that I think you're going to have three quarterbacks. Whether if it's a practice squad guy, you can call it right away, or so Peterman's going to be around. So I think you know those guys are kind of grouped together. So I think um, ideally, Mariota gets better as, as camp goes on and before the year starts, but. Um, if his problems throwing the ball, especially he's having trouble with the short passes, especially, but I could see Peterman pushing him at some point. But I'm sure that's not in the plans as of as of yet. One thing I found interesting, and it probably means nothing, but you know, you, you look at the list of guys that they bring in for visits, and they had Cardale Jones in there. It's just the fact that they have three quarterbacks already on the roster that Gruden has at various times sung huge praises for. It was a little bit interesting that they brought Cardale Jones in, I, th- I think, last week for a workout or, or a visit. 
to me, when, when John Green looks at the guys who are you know, available for free agent visits, it's kind of like when a little kid goes to the ice cream store. You're like, oh, all these flavors. What am I going to try? Oh, Cardell Jones. He's out there. Bring him in. I want to, I want to talk to Cardell Jones. So I think, to me, I didn't think it was a big deal. I think he brings guys in he finds interesting and, and, and wants to talk to and kicks the tires. So I don't think it's that big a deal. I think Peterman definitely will be the guy if they realize Mariota can't be the backup. So I'm not sure where Cardell Jones would fit in it. I just think it was a cool thing to do. And maybe he flashes in practice at a workout and he, he put he sign for practice squad spot. But to me, all these guys they bring in for workouts is just Gruden having a good time and, and fun seeing what's out there. Just a little sample. that The, the buffets are closed, so he's just got to bring the buffet into him at the, uh, the facility. <laughs> We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. What's up, everybody? It's Jimmy Durkin here again for Fubo TV. Summer is winding down and fall is right around the corner, which of course means the start of the NFL season. It also means that for a lot of us, our kids are kind of in school, dealing with distance learning, and we're all struggling through that as best we can. And what more do we need at the end of the day than to sit back and relax with a little bit of TV? Well, that's where Fubo TV comes in. You can get their family plan right now where three people can watch at once or they have a standard base plan with two screens at once. We can get you 15% off the first month and you have 30 hours of DVR storage. They have local broadcasts and NBC Sports is included on your national feed. It's tough times right now for lots of folks, but if you want to save money, $50 is more affordable than other cable providers. With the NFL season around the corner, Fubo TV will not disappoint. Stay updated on your favorite teams as well as local broadcast news. So go to FuboTV.com slash athletic today and get 15% off your first month. You won't regret it. That's FuboTV.com slash athletic. Start your first month today. All right. Another guy that you had mentioned that uh, big talk about him in Vegas just because he's, he's from there. He played there. You have him as one of your risers, linebacker Javin White. We've talked about him before on the show. And here's a guy that, as you wrote, he shows up every day and I mean is this guy making a run and making the 53-man roster yeah I mean I was skeptical at first I thought I was just like a bunch of Vegas uh, hype and kind of an easy storyline but um the, the kid shows up like I said I think I wasn't there today but Deshaun was I already had an interception covering Foster Moreau and, and they got into it a little bit so he's feisty he definitely is athletic he's a former safety in college so I think Gruden obviously um loves the story loves the energy so at this point, I've come 180. I think I'd be shocked if he's not on the on the roster. Yeah, I think something that before we you know camp started, we got a chance to see him in person. Something that concerned me a little bit was him being 215, at least listed on the roster. It seemed like it might be a little bit too light, you know, with him being a former defensive back. When we see him in person, he doesn't look small. He's you know he's been physical out there. He's earlier in, in camp, he knocked somebody's helmet off and then apologized for it. I think right after. Um, especially considering the issues they've had covering from their linebackers the last few years. Uh, I'm sure that's intriguing to them. And I think, you know, kind of harping back a little bit to, to Mark Kelly and, and what happened with him, I think that kind of opened up the spot to make it, you know, a, legit, a legitimate chance for him to make this roster. That's interesting because Gunther traditionally has worked with bigger linebackers, you know, in Cincinnati, you know, guys like Vontez Burfick. But it seems like this year the Raiders have, you know, their entire linebacking corps guys that it could be considered pretty small i mean just looking at the pictures Corey littleton looks like he might have you know slimmed down a little bit too there's just not a lot of size in that linebacking corp and i think it makes some sense just with the direction the, the game is going now with, with all the passing but yeah it just seems like the raiders have a, a uh, are making emphasis on getting smaller quicker linebackers 
well, whatever they've been doing at linebacker for the last decade hasn't worked. So yeah, yeah probably a good time to flip it in, in the other direction. So, and I mean, try try something different, right? Um, uh, one guy we didn't get to uh, that, that has been uh, dealing with injury. We don't know what, I don't believe. But uh, they've been without Trayvon Mullen, uh, who projects to be their number one cornerback. Uh, he's been out for the last few days. Uh, concern level there, Tashawn, with, with him not being out there? Not anymore. Uh, we talked to Mayock, and he said that last week that they were a little bit concerned about, you know, whatever it was that popped up with him. But uh, it sounds like it's relatively minor and that he'll be back soon. I did see him last week. They had the, the stadium practice Friday. And before I, I went to get tested at the team headquarters before I went over to the stadium and I saw him walking around outside the facility and it didn't look like he was like too terribly messed up. So. Yeah, I think it'll be back soon. I don't think it's anything major. I think it's, they're probably just being a little uh, precautionary with it. All right, guys, let's take a few questions here. We'll start uh, with some questions from the subscribers. Uh, Joey M., uh, we basically already answered him. He was uh, asking about the hype surrounding Javin White and uh, chances of him making the roster and, and about his size. So we already really handled that. But we'll get to this one from JJ. It says, no one has really talked about Jonathan Abram. Uh, is this a good sign because they don't want to reveal anything, or is he not living up to the hype? I mean, they never let us talk to him, so I mean that's part of the reason. Because <laughs> of it. Um, but no, he looks solid to me. I haven't noticed anything bad from him. I know Vic's seen a little bit more of him than I have. Yeah, he, he hasn't gotten any less talkative. I think the other day we're, they had some kind of penalty in the red zone against the defense, and he was like yelling at the ref not to be on the, the offensive side. And so he's still super animated. He's one of those guys that like if a guy you're not supposed to chase the, or tackle the running back, he'll chase after him anyway down the field and he's really active he seems like he really wants to hit people it's probably why you haven't heard about him too much because he hasn't been able to tackle anybody yet live so i think once these practices get a little bit more intense and if they ever let us uh talk to him then you'll start hearing from him a little bit more yeah i think they still have high hopes for him i think you know, they see him as being a, a game breaker kind of guy who can make some plays in the run game and also maybe some big plays in past defense i think they think he's going to give them a nasty edge that they've lacked for a while so they're, they're as high on them now as they were last year I think, like Deshaun said, he's just not talking. I think they've he talked so much last year, they kind of put a zipper uh, on his on his mouth this year. So, um, but uh, at some point he'll talk, and I'm sure he's fired up. So I think we'll hear from him shortly, probably, and hear more about him as we get closer to the season starting. All right, question here from Jeffrey H. What's the biggest question that's been answered at camp so far? Where's Trent Brown? <laughs> he's there. Uh, how hot is 112 degrees? Uh, what else? Um, I don't know. It's the biggest question. It's a good. Que- that's a good question. All right, uh, we'll move on to the next one from Bradley N. What's the best casino in Vegas? I've only been to Green Valley Ranch on a consistent basis. I wasn't gambling; I was observing people gamble. But I was Vic, observing people yeah, gamble. Yeah, Vic and his friend were here. Um, he seemed really impressed oh, okay. by, by Green Valley Ranch. It's big as hell. Um, got a nice pool, so I can go do something else while people gamble. So I, I like that one the best so far. Yeah, my buddy was uh, excited about they have uh, Tuesday nights. They have a bombless margarita and taco night, which my friend was pretty excited about. So I uh, was uh, Tuesday nights uh, hit that place. Then uh, I like the Cosmopolitan. I like uh, I like the scenery. I like the, the look of it all. I think it's a pretty cool place. So that'd be my choice for my favorite uh, casino in, in Vegas. And it's be honest, it's a Marriott property, so Marriott points. <laughs> All right, we're going to hit a couple from Twitter before we get out of here. A question from Jonathan Madrano. I haven't been hearing a lot of hype on rugs in training camp, but a lot for others like Brian Edwards. Your thoughts? He's not hearing enough rugs hype. I don't agree with that one. Do you agree with that? Nah. (laughs) Jonathan, you're wrong. (laughs) 
So he's making a lot of plays in camp. That's what you guys are saying. He looks the part. I mean, he looks like a first-round draft pick. He may, he's obviously got you know top five speed in the league. I think he looks like a tough kid. I mean, he has good hands. So I think um, everything you want in a first-round pick, I think Edwards gets a little more hype because Edwards is the guy third round, had the injury thing. He's more of a surprise and a bigger kid. But I think Ruggs looks really good. I think everyone talks about him in, in, in a good way. I think um, I think it's a good-looking uh, receiving core for, for a long time. Yeah, I mean, Ruggs is supposed to be a day-one starter. Edwards, you're just it's more like, okay, we've seen third-round picks come in and not do a whole lot. Like, you're genuinely impressed because he's could be better than what you think, and you could have, you may end up having gotten, like you mentioned, like two guys that are going to be your starters for the next half decade. So I think that's probably why there's more Edwards time. And if you want to hear more about Ruggs, we have an episode on the league coming Friday where they're talking about my, my profile on Ruggs. So there you go. Listen to that, and you'll, you'll hear all about him, Ruggs. All right, uh, we got two more questions. Uh, this one from Matt is going to address Tyrell Williams. Asks, wouldn't it make sense to put him on IR to start the season and give him eight weeks to rest? This way they can keep an extra wide receiver like Rico Gafford and have six healthy receivers to start, then reevaluate the situation after eight games. Well, I think, obviously, if he's going to try and play and you want him to play, if you're John Gruden, you're, you're saying he's one of my top three or four receivers. And, and so that will help you win games. So I think having that guy on your roster the first eight games of the year would help you win games. That's what you're going to do. I think you can't really say, let's hope he gets better. I mean, if he's going to go for it and try and do it, then try and do it. And if you can't be a factor with the injury, then pull the plug. But I think you got you got to do it now. you got to see if it works. And um Ideally, he can help a little bit, not maybe not the way he was going to help before the injury, but just be a factor and be a guy who can catch some passes. So I think you need him. I think he's not – the receiving core is deep, no doubt, but it's not so deep that you just don't need Tyrell Williams. A torn labrum wouldn't heal up in eight weeks anyways. It's going to be something that he's going to have to deal with for the whole season, correct? Yeah. He'll have to have surgery at some point, yeah. All right, final question here. This one might be a little controversial from Smithers Jones. I've been a Raider fan for 45 years, but just between us, and sorry, it's not between just us anymore, isn't the torch thing a little world, a little weird, a little cult of personality-ish? What do you guys think? This guy's hating on the torch. Anybody here want to share uh, with his opinion that they don't like the torch? It seems pretty petty. I mean, the guy's, uh, guy's honoring his late father, one of the great figures in the NFL, by lighting a torch. And everyone, the fans seem to enjoy it. I don't know, understand what the downside is to uh, to honoring someone with a – it doesn't take, what, take five minutes? It's a five-minute ceremony before a game. It looks kind of – now it's huge, but it looks kind of cool. So I think it's, you know, aesthetically pleasing. It, uh, it's a cool little bit to uh, nod to history. So I, I don't understand why you would uh, hate on the torch. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet, so it's quit hating, bro, so I can, I can see it. It looks, looks cool. We went to the stadium, I think. A little designated area in one of the end zones. I don't know which direction it was. Yeah, I want to see it. Stop hating. Especially in Vegas. People love the show. It's like you want to fire. I mean, it's, I mean, it's a little spectacular. Yeah, come on. Smithers Jones, stop hating on the torch. That's crazy. All right, guys. Well, I think that'll wrap up this week's episode of State of the Nation. Uh, another week of practice. Uh, how how much longer until uh, you guys get knocked out of there? Uh, just a couple more practices, right? I imagine before they go into uh, regular season mode and uh, and the practice viewing window gets pretty much chopped down to. 15, 20 minutes or whatever? Yeah, I think Sunday's the last one as far as the we're able to watch all of practice. I think after that, we'll have that window, which um be weird because it's a long walk from the media room to the field. So by the time we walk out there, the window will be over. It'll be like walking right back. So it'll kind of be like a workout, kind of like a morning, a morning walk. So get in your final observations this last week of practice. Uh, we're going to have a little stretch there where... <laughs> 
There's not going to be a whole lot that we can exactly talk about from uh, from being viewed with our own eyes until they actually start playing games on TV for us. So enjoy the last few practices, and uh, we'll talk again next week.